1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another busy league weekend before attention turns to Europe. Celtic put on a five-star show at Kilmarnock to keep up their 100% start. Rangers put four past St Johnston and we'll now welcome back Ryan Kent for the visit of PSV Eindhoven tomorrow. And there were big wins for Motherwell, Livingston, Hearts and St Mirren as Dundee United and Ross County's woes continue. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight, we've got Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. And Scottish football is up in the air tonight, Gordon. Two sensational, spectacular scissor kicks among those five goals for Celtic at Kilmarnock. Rangers will be head over heels tomorrow if they can get a Champions League lead over PSV Eindhoven. And all that is before Andy Halliday and his heart's pals jet off to Switzerland to start their European adventure against Zurich. We've not had this much aerial excitement in Super Scoreboard since you and Gordon DL dived out that plane. Listen to that. <laughs> the tabloid man cannot be kept down. Uh, Andy Halliday, good luck following that. But um, hearts flying, absolutely, flying. as Roger says. But overall, a good weekend as well. Flying, I was going to say it was two fairly routine victories for the old firm, but let's go for three because it was pretty routine for hearts as well. And I'll annoy producer Callum, but a couple Even of shots better. in there. And certainly one for the mighty Motherwell, Gordon. I noticed that extra skip in your step this morning. So, very thank good you, result you. for Stevie Hamill on his first game as full time manager. Do you know where your passport is? I don't, but I've actually just had a message there to look it out for tonight because mm-hmm. they need the details mm-hmm. tomorrow. So. You need to stay calm because remember the last time you went overseas, you popped the question. Yep, that's true. I that's thought true. you were going to say. I may have actually chucked the passport in the sea after that question so I thought to you were going to say last time you went overseas you stayed on loan in Azerbaijan <laughs> for a couple of months a few different experiences to forget about that, we'll Gordon. maybe get to them 01419511025 to speak to Roger Hanna and Andy Haldy and you've got a special guest in the studio tonight as well it's been a busy day in Glasgow you might have noticed heard it on our news uh, channels the, new, the Davis Cup team has been announced Captain Leon Smith who specially requested to come on this show Roger Hanna he's such a fan of the madness in here we thought we'd get him in we'd talk football we'll talk about tennis we'll see what's happening in Glasgow and we'll have good fun Leon good to have you I am a little bit in shock of being here it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure people think I've got this strange addiction about this show anywhere I am in the world at a tennis event wherever this is the podcast that I go to. So to be here, this is a pleasure. Love that, honestly. Yep. Said it specifically on Monday, looks out for as well. No, I didn't. Nice That's an absolute lie. It was the only day you could make it. Right, 01419511025. Come on, big games at the weekend. Celtic fans, most recently starting there yesterday. How good was it? How impressed were you? What stood out for you? The, the variation in goal scorer, the quality of the goals... Whatever it is, pick up the phone and let us know. We will look back on that. Rangers fans, I suppose. St. Johnson, yes, but attention already turning to PSV Eindhoven. Get all your thoughts in and many more talking points from across the weekend. Come on, let's hear from you right now. 0141 951 1025. The result of the weekend, Roger Hanna. Well, I was there. Aberdeen 2, Motherwell 3. The only choice. You're holding up a big piece of paper that says I have to say that, Gordon. <laughs> but not like, to joke aside, Motherwell were terrific. Uh, Stevie Hamill. Changed the formation, changed the tactics, and Aberdeen could not cope with them. It sounds, for those who hadn't seen the game, as if it was a tight game, but Motherwell could easily have won by more. Andy, you would obviously pick that as well, and I know it, but I make no you way. pick a, a different one. So I'm, I'm going to go, go submitting. I thought it was a, a big, big weekend for Stephen Robinson. I thought it was really, really important that they got their, their first win on board. 
and I thought it was against a Ross County team that I waxed lyrical about in, in terms of their performance at Tencastle a couple of weeks ago. So for, for myself, I thought Ross County were going to go there and get three points, but a big win for, for Stephen Robinson and his team. I'll give Hearts an honourable mention. Livy would surely be in that bracket yeah, as absolutely. well. Uh, and but listen, but both halves are the old firm because, you know, we, we sort of almost take it as granted. They win 5 0 and 4 0, and we don't mention it, so mm. big wins there too. Goal of the weekend, great choices this weekend. I'm interested to see what you've gone for. Well, Honourable mentions for the couple I mentioned at the top of the show, Morris Jensen, Georgios Giacomakis, great spectacular goals, but a half to go for Richard Tate of St Mirren, a okay. terrific goal against Ross County. It's his first in two years. You know, Gordon Dale gets married more often than Richard Tate scores <laughs> goals, so I have to give him a goal. You just know he's going to come up with something from the Hearts game. Come on, which, which one I'm was it? I'm going to go Lauren Shankland, <sighs> and it might surprise a thought, few. I thought it would at least be Barry Mackay. Well, it might surprise a few because they've only seen the finish, but if you see the full build-up for the goal, it starts from Craig Gordon, it's great, interchange at the back, it ends up with a, I think it's a eight-pass move, uh, very quick, and ends up with Lauren Shankland tapping in at the front post, so that's my goal of the weekend. Joel Nubley... Jota, oh, we'll get to him, Gordon. Okay, Howler of the Weekend. This is where the fun truly starts. Howler of the Weekend, and he's had a tough few days, but I have to say, Mark Berigetti, the mm. New Dundee United goalkeeper, lost seven in Holland on Thursday night. Lost one to Lauren Shanklin after 41 seconds, but the one he pushed out at the feet of George mm. Grant for, I think it was Hart's third goal. He got away with one in the first half that he pushed out into the danger area and he got hacked away by a United defender. He didn't get away with it the second time. 11 goals in two games. Difficult. No comment, Andy Halliday. He's got a wee grin on his face as you're describing some of them. We'll I, move on. Yeah, Howler. I'm going to continue with the Dundee United theme and I'm just going to go with producer Callum. Uh, the fact he's even showed his face in this studio after a 7-0 drubbing in Holland and then after me <laughs> winning a Clyde 1 derby at the weekend, I can't believe he's shown up. I like it how you've made it all about yourself. That's nice. Um, <laughs> performance of the weekend, Roger? Performance Individual. of the weekend, individually, not a player, new manager, Stephen Hamill. Absolutely terrific. He started his playing career with Motherwell at Aberdeen mm-hmm. in 2000. Lost 2-1. It's taken him 22 years to atone for that. And the smile on his face when he came off the pitch after that 3-2 win on Saturday, uh, it meant everything to him. No, no, no. He atoned for that in 2015 at Pitodry, let me tell you. But we'll maybe get to that <laughs> a bit later on. Uh, Andy Halliday. I'm going to go for a player, and you mentioned him a couple of minutes ago. Joe Nubley's start to the season in terms <laughs> of individual it? performances have been remarkable. I mean, we described him as a ragdoll at what he did to Rangers in the opening day of the season, and he continued that at Hibs. I mean, his individual performance was incredible. The goal... I mean, for six, six foot five, six foot six, he's Roger, a six foot six dribbler to sh- to show the feet Ma- that he's got, and then not only that, a couple of highlights he had in the second half, uh, his performance certainly Ma- deserved. Marvin actually said that a couple of Mondays ago when you were off, and Marvin and I did the show. Great show Marvin that night, actually. Wasn't despite it? the fact he is so big, he says he's better with the ball at his feet than he is in the air. Actually, he says he's got terrific mm. feet, and that, that's part of the thing that Marvin thinks he'll, he'll go on and kick on I in think, his career. I think there's no doubt he's in the shortlist already for Player of the Month. I thought you were going to say Player of the Year. No, I thought this is the man. earliest discussion we've ever had. Anyway, Andy Halliday, Roger Hanna, we've got our special guest Leon Smith with us as well. Pick up that phone. Come on, 01419511025. Whatever you thought of the weekend, however you're feeling about European action this week, pick up that phone right now, please, and let us know. 01419511025. Let's start at Rugby Park. Yesterday, Celtic fans, come on, you must have something nice to say about it. Ange Postacoglu was delighted the player didn't make any excuses. It was obviously a hot day, AstroTurf pitch, etc. But he says it's important to make sure every game is a memorable one. It wasn't the easiest of conditions. 
for the boys to play our sort of football and uh, both in terms of temperature and, and the pitch but to the players credit you know they, they kept the discipline focus committed to our style of football and plenty of excuses today for us sort of just to look at this game as three points and get up the road but you know, we still wanted to put on a performance and uh, really pleased players did that. This is a game where it can turn into a bit of an ugly game. You win it and you, you kind of, it doesn't, it's not memorable in any way, but, you know, we don't want to miss opportunities to, to give our fans some special moments. And, uh, you know, today was one of those days. I think, you know, some of our, like I said, some of our goals would have really, you know, pleased our fans and, uh and for us, um, you know, it's it's a it's a really important sort of message in terms of you know us sticking to our football. Right, let's get stuck in then. On the phones, Ian is first up tonight. What's your point, Ian? How you doing, Gordon? Uh, how you doing, Roger? Is it Andy Halliday? Andy Halliday's here. Yes, yeah, take it away. Andy, get yourself ready for next Sunday, mate. <laughs> That's Sunday, Ian. Batter, so <laughs> I'll tell you now. There's a double figure coming, and I'll tell you, Commander, we're lucky they only get beat five nothing yesterday. Because see the donkey scored the second goal. That's the donkey that Celtic paid six and a half million for, and the other donkey played the centre played the centre back. Cameron Carter Vickers tell John to Paisley, he's a donkey. I knew this was going to live on, Roger Hanna. I can't remember if it was. Was that the call last Monday? It may well have been. No, 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 no. It was about three weeks ago. Someone called in and said that Jota was a donkey, and now it's going to get repeated every night for the rest of the season. Every time he does something well. Ten past six that Monday, and I was rubbing my hands because I thought this will keep us going to (laughs) eight o'clock this Monday night. I didn't realise it was going to keep us going all season long. Fair, but a radio clyde should actually pay John I don't suggest that for goodness sake He'll be <laughs> pestering me every two minutes uh, Was Jota doing well for a donkey? He's doing terrifically well I mean Andy said here running on player of the month With his Joel Nubley shout You could have a shout for Barry Mackay of Hearts But I'd be very surprised if Jota didn't win it Because he scored that wonderful goal Against Aberdeen in the first Sunday of the season I think he had three assists in the mm. win at Ross County After that And then he repeated the trick with that shot at Kilmarnock yesterday um, £6.5 pounds is looking like a bargain Now I did say we've got a special guest We've got Leon Smith, Davis Cup captain In the studio with us tonight Because he's a big fan of the show He's a big football fan And of course a big day in Glasgow uh, As he announces the latest Davis Cup team Of course we're going to get round to that But it would be mad of us Not to put him on the spot For football reasons right at the start you're a big Celtic fan, Leon. Not to let that put anyone off who wants to come and, and watch the team. We need, we need both sets of right. the old firm coming to watch our team. But you must be impressed with your football team at the moment. It's a great start. I think the signings have been great. I think, uh, look, you're doing your stuff at the start and the, the performances. I think uh, Jota is just, he, he is a bargain at that price now. Um, you know, the goal he scored at the weekend was pretty sensational maybe the keeper could have done a bit better I don't know but it was a good strike but yeah I'm happy with how the team's going is that perfect probably in the middle Andy where both can be true mm-hmm. where you, Derek McInnes will look at his goalkeeper but you can you can still give a level of praise of course to, oh, yeah. to Jota and, and that's before you even get to his body of work across the start of the season yeah you can't take away from the strike it's incredible technique it's 25-30 yards out and he's arrowed that into the top corner of course the goalkeeper should maybe do better but you can't take it away from, from Jota's technique and it's five goal contributions in, in three games it's exactly what Celtic paid the money for but I mean Ange Postecoglou mentioned two things that made that fixture a bit more difficult for me uh, for Celtic I think everyone could recognise that going into the game they're favourites but not a lot of professional players or fans are playing on Astro. If you couple that with the weather, 
it becomes hotter, stickier, drier mm. as a football pitch. But I mean, Celtic just play with that much intensity; they make it very difficult for teams, and and, and Kilmarnock struggle with that. And just a constant energy and and, and willpower to run in behind. And it only took seven minutes to break the deadlock, uh, deadlock. And after that, it was a long afternoon for Kilmarnock. Performance of the weekend should have been Ange Postecoglou for making it through that game with a shirt and tie on. I, I, I I'm surprised. It, well, to be fair, they took that Willie jumper off for a, a good reason, didn't he? Because it probably wasn't the weather for that. Yeah, um, Ian. I was going to ask how confident you're feeling, but. I think that's a, st- a stupid question and I'm used to asking them Andy Haldy's apparently getting 10 put past him at the weekend so you're confident yeah, yeah. yes yeah I'm very confident very confident in the season as well Can I just before I come back to my football point I'm a big tennis fan Leon well done for a point and bringing Andy back into the or keeping him in the Davis Cup team and good luck well, uh, oh, on, even Leon's no, not going to leave him out, is he? Ian? That was, that was uh, one of the easier picks actually but thanks for noticing Murray or Halliday Oh, By the way, me. you want to see this guy who's dazzling with his tennis knowledge yeah, in the yeah, office yeah. I've, got, I've actually got a, a fantastic double-handed backhand But don't ask <laughs> about myself because that's not great I was actually shocked before coming on Andy was telling me he's, he's even been out to Roland Garros yep. to watch tennis Culture. This guy's a proper yeah, tennis it was, it was only a two-day romantic trip, shall we call it And somehow I still managed to take the message to Roland Garros So that didn't go down too well, but I enjoyed yeah, it Absolutely uh, Ian, thank you very much for kicking us off 01419511025 Twitter at Clyde SSB let's bring in Paul who's a Celtic fan how would you sum up yesterday Paul? Yeah, hi Gordon hi guys Hello. Uh, how would I sum up yesterday I thought Celtic were on absolute fire I thought that uh, all, I was going to say all the big players and they're all big players from Greg Taylor Starfield uh, everybody is just they're hitting a peak they're hitting a level they've been here for a year uh, I thought they were looking I thought they were looking fantastic Jota's Jota's on another level uh, My point tonight Gordon is I heard over the weekend we're talking about Celtic's strongest 11 and uh, Gordon and uh, the Mushroom were saying that they don't think uh, Dyson Maeda would be in the starting 11 I'm, I'm going to give you my opinion I'm going to tell you why Dyson Maeda is in the starting 11 and why Hans Postecoglou will always play him. Maeda is totally unique. There's, there's no another guy, another player like Maeda in the league. I don't know if there's another guy like him in Britain, to be honest. If you look at his numbers, he's like an Olympic sprinter. But he's not also, he's, he doesn't just do that going forward. He does it going back as well. The guy's an absolute Duracell bunny. He, he's unbelievable. And I think that he brings so much to the team. He drags so many, he puts other teams under so much pressure. He's maybe not the most creative, but I think his uniqueness, I think that's why he will always be one of the first names down in the team sheet. Yeah, I saw he got the first two assists yesterday. I was having to catch up on the game later. And then when you see Jota's goal back, that's where the assist start becomes a bit empty, isn't it? He rolls yeah. it to him and he goes and bangs it in the top you corner. You certainly from, take it, that's for sure. You take it, absolutely. It's an interesting one, Andy, because we did have that debate last week. Maybe a bit of recency bias because Abada had come on and scored against Ross mm-hmm. County. But and do you remember my answer? You answered that so I was about to give you praise That you you would have Maeda in that team every yeah, time Yeah, I just think he's so important To the way Ange Postecoglou wants to play He's the first one that sets that press out of possession In possession, I'm talking about Celtic's intensity I don't think there's anyone that's more intense than Dyson Maeda And I mean, he's been at Celtic for, for, for over six months now I've never seen him with a bead of sweat on his face He's just, Paul described it as a Duracell bunny Bring him in here <laughs> Yeah, definitely, because the temperature in here is certainly hotter than Rugby Park But 
I mean, Duracell Bunny's probably a perfect way to describe it. He's just constant pressure, mm. constant harrying, his intensity in out of possession, and he must be a nightmare for defenders to play I, against. Andrew doesn't like this first choice talk. No, he doesn't, does he? He likes all the squad thing and in the squad we trust, etc. But for me, the team that started the season against Aberdeen, with the exception, Carl Starfield wasn't fit. Starfield would come in alongside Cantor Vickers. Even though Moritz Jens is apparently a free scoring centre back. Yeah, yeah. It would be Cantor Vickers and Starfield. Um, from the team yesterday, Hattati would come in for Turnbull. But Paul's right. That front three is the front three of choice for Ange Postecoglou. And if you want to know why, go back to the 3 0 Old Firm game in February and watch Dyson Maida's performance in that game. Sent in the tone with a high press. Leading Celtic, you know, from the top end of the pitch, and Ange Postecoglou trusts him. He trusts him implicitly because he's worked with him in the past. And and Paul's right; he would be one of the first names in the team sheet. From a Celtic fan's perspective, Leon, I'm sure you've admired it, but from a an athlete's perfo- uh, perspective as well, I'm sure that's opened your eyes. Yeah, I think my. I mean, his running. I mean, I'm not an expert in football, so I'm not going to comment on that. But I think you can just tell someone's work rate, and and when someone's doing that in your team. Andy will know more than most that it forces you into that as well if you're seeing someone that's chasing down getting that press as you say then others have got to follow and he looks like I'd imagine on the Mm. training field he's got pretty high standards as well yeah Yeah, Paul I wonder though because it's quite easy isn't it we could talk about Jota most Mondays there's every chance that will happen but you said another name there in Greg Taylor Um, Jota then singled him out for praise didn't he at the weekend he's gone back to his former club uh, in the game on Sunday is he Starting to get the credit he deserves. You know, Gordon, Greg Taylor's one of these guys that people just have instantly, instantly got a bit of dislike to him. Where it was a bit like Anthony Ralston as well. I, I can't honestly remember Greg Taylor ever having an absolute stinker. I, I can remember him knowing the best of games. Everybody doesn't have the best of games. I can't remember him making any clearing. How own mistake, but he's just one of these guys. Is he no trendy? He's Scottish. I don't know. He's just he's very workman workmanlike. I don't know. I think he's been great. I think he's been great for a while. To be honest, I think he probably just needed somebody. I think Big um, is a guy. He'll get it. I think he'll get it. But if he can see somebody trying, he'll get the best out of him. But I mean, if Greg Taylor was uh, creation or whatever, you'd be saying what a player you'd worried he was leaving. I I, I just think. I think he's been great for a while, and uh, I get an open mind. I don't. I think we can have a wee bit down the Scottish guys sometimes, but technically he's been brilliant. He's, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes you know football fans love that sort of six million pound fullback signing with the international passport, and sometimes judge that a little bit different to to, to us local Scottish players. But for me, I, I still think that Greg Taylor's improved over the last sort of two or three seasons. I look back at the sort of Steve Clark, Greg Taylor, should we call it, at Kilmarnock. You could see him as that sort of old school fullback, really solid defensively, great in one v one situations. Didn't offer a full lot going forward. That had to improve for signed for Celtic. He's playing for a team that's got 75 percent possession week in week out. I think you've seen the sort of product levels over the last couple of years in, in terms of his uh, his improvements going forward. I think's been been excellent, and I think he's another one that's had a great start to the season. I think Gordon, one thing went against Greg Taylor, and now one thing's going for him. The thing that went against him was he took over from Kieran yeah. Tierney. Now, Celtic had signed Roberto Carlos at that stage and some fans wouldn't have thought he was as good as Kieran Tierney. So Greg Taylor had that, though, he? He had, well, maybe, he had that mountain to climb. The thing that's gone for Greg Taylor is the style that Ange Postacoglu plays because Greg Taylor as a kid grew up as a midfield player. 
laterally moved back to left back. He is technically adept, as Andy says. He's good with the ball at his feet. And this, when Ange invites the fullbacks to step inside and busy up the midfield, that suits Greg mm. Taylor because he's comfortable. Thank you, Paul. What a week it's going to be. We're still looking back on the weekend's action, of course, but this time tomorrow. Ibrox will be simmering away nicely ahead of the visit of PSV Eindhoven so whatever is on your mind now is the time to share it it's the perfect time to call 0141 951 1025 and we could be speaking to you next You are the voice of Scottish football call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here as always we've got our special guest in tonight as well Great Britain's Davis Cup captain Leon Smith has been in Glasgow announcing his team for the upcoming matches I'm sure you've seen the news Andy Murray's back in strong looking team uh, and we'll get Leon's thoughts on that and of course all the football madness that we enjoy here on a Monday as the show goes on 0141 I think we were about to speak to Giovanni In Barhead And Chris and Govan Both just suddenly disappeared If you're listening Give us a call right now Call back in uh, And we'll get you on Let's hear a bit Giovanni will be busy Big game tomorrow yeah, That's true just Behave yourself honestly Sometimes the jokes are s- I'm going to blame you For the joke being so bad there That it took what, me what, A joke <laughs> Well I'm not sure that Giovanni's in Barhead just now Exactly yeah. What's wrong with Barhead? He tried to say he wouldn't live oh, there. Well, no, but I'm, all I'm saying is it's half six at night and I know he doesn't live there. He's changed since he moved to the West End, this guy. Uh, they are both phoning back in, incidentally. Let's hear a bit from Derek McInnes, who was on the receiving end of all the good things that you've been hearing about Celtic so far. You know, there is a kind of feeling that our season starts now, to be honest. You know, and, and I don't mean that to be flippantly. Think about it, we weren't expecting in against the old firm. Um, we, we tried to be competitive. Even the day at half time, we spoke about. The likelihood is that getting it for the game was slim, but at least go and try and win the second half. And I thought we were far more competitive in the second half. So there's loads that we need to be better at, regardless who our opponent is. But certainly, we're not going to be tested like we've been tested the last couple of games. And that's clear. We're going to be able to show a different side to us. More in possession, more opportunities for us, more chances created. Uh, enjoy the game more in possession. That, that will come, I'm pretty sure, with the fixtures coming up. It still shouldn't be 5 now, even though we're not ready to take on a Celtic. That's where I'm disappointed with that the scoreline is 5 now. It's disappointing, embarrassed by it, but we need to dust ourselves down. Potentially snap judgment time. Is the gap between Celtic and Rangers and the rest as big as it's been in a long time? As big as you can remember it? Yes, but- it's certainly as big as it's been in a long time, yeah. I mean, you've seen a weekend there where Rangers won 4 0 on Saturday and Celtic won 5 0 on Sunday. This is not the last weekend of the season you will see score lines like that because time to cover your ears, Andy. Hearts were really good last season, but you would think the pressure of having to play eight European games between now and Christmas, Hearts might find it you know, difficult to keep pace with the old firm the way they did last season. I think we'll still be best of the rest. We said that when they gave our predictions. But the gap between the big two and the rest will be wider this season. He's disagreeing. Disrespect, shaking his head the disrespect to the Jambos, Roger. Oh, listen, obviously we all know how strong Celtic and Rangers are. You only need to look at the financial gap between the clubs to, to realise it's very hard to bridge that gap. But yeah, listen, I, I, I take on board what Derek McInnes was saying. I think it's always very difficult when you know, two of your first three fixtures are against the old firm. But you know, looking at one goal scored and, and the first three and eight conceded doesn't make great reading. But I've tipped them to be my, my dark horse for the season, so... I do think it's they've got the squad and the manager to turn it around. The wee bit of pressure though, because you know you, you you've got the old firm out the way. You now need to start winning games. You know you looked at Ross County prior to the weekend there. 
you could see, Malcolm McKay could say, well, we played hard at Tynecastle, we played really well and we were unlucky. And then we played Celtic up here and, and we scored a goal and, you know, we didn't get battered, so we're going to be okay. And then they go and lose at St Mirren mm. and they're bottom of the league without a point. Kilmarnock go up to Ross County at the weekend and if Kilmarnock were to lose that game, then suddenly, you know, the, the, the rationale that, oh, we've played the big two doesn't look quite as good. Uh, let's bring in Chris and Govan and get his take along similar-ish lines. Uh, Chris, take it away. Well, basically, uh, obviously, over the weekend, we had um, Celtic put five past Kilmarnock, Hearts four past Dundee United, and Rangers four past St Johnston. But do the panel actually think that these three teams, and I'm not no disrespect to Andy Halliday there, but that these three teams can compete in either, well, Celtic Champions League, Rangers Europa Champions League, and Hearts Europa or Conference League? Um, well, I think the Angels showed last year they can certainly compete more than compete at Europa League level. Um, the Champions League, for me, it, it, it sounds obvious, Chris, to say it's a step up, but it's quite a formidable step up. If you remember Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team against Barcelona and PSG, um, the last time Rangers were in Europe in the, in the Champions League, they found it difficult as well. So, you know, the, the draw... And we're desperate for Rangers to join Celtic in it. It'll be great for Scottish football, great for that coefficient we all talk about. Brings a bit of kudos to the national game. But they would be in pots three or four. And they would, you know, you could come out of that in the same group as a Real Madrid and Liverpool, or in the same group as a, you know, Man City and Barcelona, something like that. It just shows you how difficult it is, even to get third in the group and get into the latter stages of the Europa League. So Yes, competitive Europa League, probably not as competitive as we would like yet in the Champions League. I mean, the draw does play a big part in that. If you get two of the absolute superpowers, as that Brendan Rodgers team did, well, two seasons in a row, really, wasn't it? And the way the the draw is now put together, you're likely to get two of the superpowers. Um, Yeah, I suppose there are one or two exceptions. Andy, what do you make of Chris's point? Well, I just mentioned the financial gap between Hearts and the old firm. What about the financial gap between the old firm and these teams that that Rodgers just mentioned? But, I mean, Rangers have competed in the Europa League extremely well for the last three seasons. Uh, Celtic have obviously struggled a little bit in Europe over the last few years, but under uh, Ange Postecoglou, I don't think there's any doubt they're in a better place now going into Europe than they were last year. So time will tell to see how how that will go but I don't think there's any doubt you do need that luck of the draw because some of the teams you can potentially face even in pot three now is is ridiculous really Leon as a Celtic fan how do you balance between the sort of the the honour the glamour of, of being in the, the top level of European football but the trepidation that some of the fixtures can bring no I think as a, as a fan you know whether it's Celtic and also Rangers you know, it gives us more football to watch that's, you know, that's, that's the great thing and it's great matches to look forward to in the Champions League but I think what you want is to be competitive enough um, you know you're not expecting against the likes of PSG or Barca to get those sort of results but you want it not to be a, a battering basically you want to be competitive enough so that if you do get that third place and you get into the Europa League that at least you can go on a run like we saw Rangers do so that's it for a Celtic fan you're hoping to be competitive enough but try and get a bit of respect and get a bit of a run in Europe What do you think Chris? As, as, as I say, you boys are right. It is all about the luck of the draw. And as I say, I've, I've obviously been looking at um, pots one and two. Do you know, to be honest, I'm going to be brutally honest, I think if Celtic could get someone like Frankfurt, who are in a wee bit of a free fall, uh, somebody in pot two like 
Tottenham okay They're not as good as Tottenham I'm just trying to pick You know One of the weaker teams Because obviously Barcelona Juve's in there And someone that maybe Sporting Lisbon In pot three That's You know that, that, that That's a group I could see Celtic in Europe After Christmas As, as, as I said to you, uh, Your guy uh, The producer As I said I think I don't think Celtic At this moment Are a Champions League team I don't, I, I don't think Rangers are a Champions League team And I, I do apologise Andy I don't think Hearts are a Europa League team I think they, could, they, I think they could compete In the Conference League Country's right behind you for Thursday though yeah, This well, is the type of confidence we're trying to give you well, your trip. Roger mentioned that sort of parachute If you do finish third in, in that Europa yeah. League uh, group We've obviously got the fortune that We'll, we'll certainly mm. have a great go at it on Thursday and next week But we've got that parachute uh, Guaranteed European football till Christmas and, and we're under no illusions We're obviously facing a good team they've, I mean they won the Swiss league last year by 16 points I mean Young Boys and Bao These are teams that you've sort of associated in yeah. the Champions League over the last few years Zurich beat them over a domestic campaign by 16 points So they're, not, they're certainly no mugs uh, I think they've lost a couple of their so-called best players Shall we say from last year And they've not actually started their domestic campaign very well But we're in a good place ourselves And, and we're certainly going to make a good go of it Do you have every fan of every potential pot four club in Europe is doing what Chris has done. We want Eintracht, Frankfurt, uh, maybe Sevilla, Tottenham, and then maybe a Sporting Lisbon. Do you trade one of them in though for a the, oh, yeah. Real Madrid? Fl- Leon, is that the I, temptation? I, I, there is a temptation to that, but you also want to progress. Ah, no, so yeah. as much as it's nice having a, a glamour tie, I, I would rather progress. You, I look, think. you look at these. Big name teams as well that you can potentially face. That's been Rangers and Celtic's biggest European nights over the the, the last number of years. You met mm. Barcelona. I mean, you still talk about the Celtic Barcelona game now. Rangers certainly didn't want to draw yeah. Dortmund in the first knockout round last yeah. year. Yeah. Managed to beat them yeah. over yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could have Real Madrid, Liverpool, and Romelu Lukaku's Inter Milan, who are in point three. Ah, we'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Uh, let's thank Chris. Bring in Giovanni. What's your point tonight, Giovanni? Hi. Um, my point is it's a comparison. Ange Postacoglu and Jock Steen. Now, I'm of the age to remember Jock Steen. Postacoglu came into Celtic completely unknown. Jock Steen, maybe not completely unknown because they'd done well at Dunfermline and Hibs. But the style of play Jock Steen adopted was this, get the, get the wingers to the, the goal line and pull the ball back for Craig and Gemmel. Postacoglu's got Juranovic and Taylor inverted fullbacks. There's a similarity there. Taylor, by the way, most improved player since last year. Um, so I think there's a, a comparison there. It's early times yet for, for Ange, but I've never been excited. Even when Martin O'Neill was there, even when Rodgers was there, than I'm just now with Celtic, because Postacoglu seems more genuine than they were ever. And he's obviously getting the back end of the board because we've spent an absolute fortune recently. Yeah, we we raked some money in from players that we sold. But he spent money. Everybody's asked for, I think he has got. He's still looking to bring more players in, which adds to not only the outgoings, but the ongoing budget. And I just think everything's great for Celtic just now. Bring it on. And in terms of Europe, if we finish third... That's an improvement. We're still in Europe after what, Christmas. Roger, what's your take? There's a uh, lot there. I mean, that's quite the comparison. Yeah, that I, and I don't know if you're as is, is this maybe one for our elder statesman, Mister Kevens. Well, 
Um, I won't go as far as Hugh would because I can imagine what Hugh would say at this comparison. I'm always reticent to make comparisons because football, we're in a different era now and Celtic won a European Cup in 1967 by winning, I think it was five games, you know, five different ties. Now, you need to get through a group stage, you then need to go to your last 16, a quarter final, a semi final, and things are so weighed against you just because of the financial disparity that Andy spoke about earlier on. You know, third place in a Champions League group for Celtic nowadays is almost as big an achievement as winning the thing in 1967 or getting to the final again in 1970. That's how heavily things are weighed against Scottish clubs in Europe. Uh, thank you Giovanni 01419511025 Rangers fans How are you feeling? In exactly one day's time We'll be about to kick off Against PSV Eindhoven At Ibrooks. I'm sure the atmosphere Will be quite something How are you feeling? Are you confident? How did the weekend set you up? What are you expecting uh, Team wise? We'll give you some of the team news We'll hear from the manager We'll hear from you And we'll get Leon to tell us A bit more about What's been happening in Glasgow today We'll do it all next Pick up the phone This is Scottish football's lead leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here It's 01419511025 Let's hear from you Particularly at the moment Rangers fans It would be a great time to get involved What a night it promises to be At Ibrox tomorrow Get all of your pre-match thoughts over to us I have been saying uh, since the start of the show though We've got a special guest with us In the studio this evening We've got Leon Smith GB's Davis Cup captain uh, Who has got some exciting stuff coming up He's a big fan of the show He loves his football That's why he's here But in particular More importantly than all of that uh, He has picked the latest Davis Cup team today And the matches are going to be here in Glasgow Now we always try and support any big sporting event That goes on in this city Andy Murray's been named in the team For the first time since 2019 other household names in there Cameron Norrie Dan Evans uh, Joe Salisbury in there as well he's to pick one more member of the team playing United States Kazakhstan Netherlands and uh, Leon lots to look forward to yeah we can't wait I mean we had amazing memories uh, from playing the Emirates Arena back in 2015 it was great wasn't it oh oh, you were there we're talking about that and uh, I mean the atmosphere was fantastic think of you know tennis court in an indoor hall with 8 or 9,000 people going mad from the start to the finish it's something different Uh, it makes a big difference to have the home fans of course we know that and the new format where you've got a round robin now that we we kick off against uh, the USA in midweek and then we've got Netherlands on the Friday and then Kazakhstan uh, but we've got a good team we just listed them you know it's great to have Andy back in you know right at the start of the year I was talking to him about this and he wanted to be part of it Cam Norrie you know just made semi-finals of Wimbledon he's 10 in the world we've got Dan Evans who you know it's been top 20 top 25 uh, Joe Salisbury still the number one ranked doubles player in the world and we've still got another place to fill and we've got guys like Jack Draper who's burst into the scene Jamie Murray let's not forget as well Neil Scups, he just won Montreal Master Series last night. So it, the one thing that's definitely going to go on as well, though, there's there's a bit of a rivalry with the, the football club well, scene. I, was, I was thinking that, right? We because, have. you know, we've been talking football, we've said you're a big Celtic man, but Cam Norrie's big Rangers fan, is his family as well? Yeah, he is. I mean, I, I check the scores together. Well, we were talking earlier that Andy went to Roland Garros, he would have liked it this year. Um, I turned up and Cam Norrie's dad David's there uh, at Roland Garros to watch his son and he's got this special edition Rangers 
white. I think it's a white white strip that was on, and he's getting selfies with me, loving it. So he's a big Rangers fan. So Cam wants to go to the Rangers game. I'll probably want to go to Celtic game. I'll have to look at the fixtures, and we'll probably try and force each other to go along to each of the games. Must be great. He gets to pick the team. He gets to pick the venue just opposite Celtic Park because it's yeah. nice and handy. It starts 10 days after the old firm game. Are, are you worried Celtic win and Cam Norrie refuses to play for you? This could be an issue. Um, yeah, so look, the, the, the saving grace is we've got Andy Murray, who's a Hibs fan. So we've always got that to sort of fall uh, back on. So, there might be the, so we can always revert back to, to teeing off an end, basically. They're not having a great times. And Andy Halliday's obviously nothing away because that's music to, to his ears and the <laughs> Hearts fans out there as well. So. Yeah, well, in fact, we had Jamie in, didn't we? Well, we did have we Jamie, Jamie in, and, and the, we, we always remember... I hated that night, yeah, in, in a roundabout way. We always way. remember having Jamie in, because Jamie announced that night that as a child, he had a Panini football sticker of Gordon DL, <laughs> and oh. that was that was how he recognised Gordon DL in the studio. Honestly, you should have... I, t- I take it you had one of Marnett Wilson as a Celtic fan. I would have, but that's a real low moment for Jamie, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's right one thing having it, but there's another thing seen, saying it. Just keep it to yourself. on Gordon's face, right, because Jamie's walked in, and... Uh, he just took the mic and straight away he's looked at Gordon and he went, I remember you from the from the Panini sticker album in the mid-90s. What a was memory that, that is. I mean, he I would have tried to have traded that off. He just couldn't get rid yeah, of it, could he? God, God, I, 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 think, I think Judy liked it lying about the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough, right? 01419511025. But look, we love supporting sporting events in Glasgow. Uh, I'm sure fans out there who are listening can get tickets, can go along. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, we we want as many fans here as possible, and and it's great opportunity for kids. The kids' tickets are starting at five pounds, uh, which is a great opportunity to get along. Just sign up at lta.org.uk forward slash Davis Cup tickets. It'd be great to have your support. Brilliant. I'm sure we'll talk more about that as the show progresses. We're definitely going to keep Leon involved in the football discussion as well. I will find many tennis football crossovers between now and eight o'clock. That is the challenge. Let's hear from Giovanni van Bronckhorst because it's quite a big week. In case you hadn't noticed. Uh, Rangers fans he says having the first leg of the PSV game at home won't make that much difference to their chances of progression this of course is a Rangers team that's built a lot of its European success on doing things the other way around going away maybe not performing brilliantly and then getting the business done at Ibrox but he's looking forward to the challenge the fans are a big influence so if you play away from home and the support is like really really there it's 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 a different environment so uh We've seen all the teams who uh, who came here who uh, who felt that. We have to make sure that our performance is there tomorrow. And I think combined with the atmosphere, Ibers is always uh, on European nights. You know, we we should have a good result, but we have to make taking in account the quality of the opponent. Every game I played at home, because uh, I came, of course, in November. But the first game I played was against uh, Sparta Prague at home, Europa League, and the atmosphere was fantastic. Every game we played after that, I think the, the 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 atmosphere is there. So I have no doubt in my mind that tomorrow will be the same. What do you think, Rangers fans? How much difference does it make having the ties this way around? It shouldn't be unfamiliar, but it just seems that Rangers have had it the uh, the opposite quite a few times and, and made it successful. Andy, you buy into any of that? Uh, well, I mean, you look at the three sort of big European nights last year: uh, Braga, Dortmund, Leipzig. All of them were the same. It was uh, the second leg at Ibrox and. And Rangers really using that home home support mm. as a twelfth man, and, and the other teams found it difficult. But I mean, at the end of the day, you have to play both teams at both legs. I think Rangers' approach will still be the same. They'll try and look to get a positive result tomorrow night against a, let's face it, a very good PSV side. But for me, Rangers have showed they can more than uh, compete in this competition over the last few years. What do you think, Roger? Because you'd need to add Union to that list, really, as well, given what just happened in the last couple of weeks. Like it's not the only way of doing it. Giovanni van Bronckhorst given other examples. 
and he's been very pragmatic. But it has been a formula that's been successful for Rangers. Yeah, I, listen. Traditionally, we used to talk about you always want the second leg at home, but I think a lot of that was in the days of the away goals rule. You know, you, you went away from home and you, you tried to get a nil nil, and then you know, sorry, tried to get a one one or something, and then come back and, and keep a clean sheet. Nowadays, I'm not so sure the difference is as big as it once was. You saw it last year, the way you know they just put away Red Star Belgrade and then went over to Serbia <laughs> and, and, and saw that out. And I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. I think we've got two very evenly matched teams. To be honest with you, they're both. Big fish, if you like, in small ponds. PSV and Ajax will go for that Dutch title the same way Rangers and Celtic go for the Scottish title. You saw PSV scoring five away from home on Saturday night, just after Rangers had scored four at home. Very similar sides, very similar managers. It could come down to one moment of magic, hopefully not one mistake or one dodgy refereeing decision. And... Listen, it really is that close and I don't think it will be settled till very late in the game in the Phillips Stadium next week. I think the main benefit now, uh, uh, the second leg being at home, is the potential extra time because it is just that extra 30 minutes of football and being at home will give you that extra advantage. But like I said, I do feel as if Rangers will, will, will continue that same approach and, and try and get a, a positive result tomorrow night. See, home crowd. That's why Leon Smith's looking forward to playing in Glasgow in the not-too-distant future. Let's bring in Carolyn, who's a Rangers fan on the line. What are you thinking about tomorrow, Carolyn? Home game first and all that. Are you feeling confident? I am feeling quite confident. I think Rangers are pretty fearless at the moment. I think they've got so much confidence built up. I mean, we've only just started back with the season. And there's a lot of new players coming through the door, like Tillman, Matondo, and um, Colac and stuff like that. I mean, I was at the game at the weekend and I thought the performance of the front line was actually a lot stronger than it's been. Um, uh, I think, uh, I don't think it should matter if you're a professional football player. You know what I mean? You should be able to get there no matter where it is. I know people are talking about it, so it's not their ground and all that, but um, I think the performance, I think they're up for it, Rangers. I think they'll be blazing when they get there. And we've got the home support. The, the, the atmosphere is absolutely fantastic there. Yeah, it's interesting, Carolyn, you know, taking some of the optimism from the weekend, Andy. Uh, often on a Monday, we pour over everything that's happened at the weekend. It's quite hard because a lot of Rangers fans are now quickly looking forward rather rather than back. But does, although the challenge is very different, mm-hmm. does Saturday just help get you in a good place? And, and Carolyn's rhymed off some individuals as well who yeah. might be benefiting. I think so, because I think it's the best 90 minute performance Rangers have had so far this season. And, and to be honest, I include USG in that, because I still think for the first half of uh, the USG game at home, Rangers weren't at their best, but more than comfortable enough to, to go through it the next round. But I thought against St. George, extremely comfortable. The biggest surprise for me, to be honest, was seeing that the possession stat was only 71%, because it just felt as if Rangers had complete tro- uh, control of the full 90 minutes. Uh, I think the only question mark so far, which isn't necessarily a bad one for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, but I think right now he doesn't know his best 11. And I think that's only because there's been a lot of new signings. Some of them are still not really back to full fitness yet. Yilmaz is only just in the door over a week ago. But I look at the likes of Malik Thielman. He seems to me as if he's going to be a real, real find. I think he's been really, really good. I think he's been the standout Rangers performer over the last few games. Uh, I think Tom Lawrence has fitted in really well now. Uh, Cholak's three goals and three. So I think there's there's some selection headaches there, but I think they're in a good place going into tomorrow night. It's quite a race between those three, Roger, to be the favourite of the new signings amongst the Rangers fans so far. Because as Andy says, Cholak's a, num- a number nine, can't really argue with that goal return. Tom Lawrence is doing his bit. Malik Tillman maybe just edging the other two in the, the in the fans' favourite stakes. Well, I think given that in the fan zones round about the stadium on Saturday they were having the Malik Tillman heading challenge, I think he 
is the fans' favourite at the minute. And that clincher against USG last week, the first goal against St Johnson at the weekend, he's the one who's probably settled in better than the rest. And Lawrence and Cholak have done well. And a few, you know, Ben Davis came in for his first start. I would anticipate mm. he would probably start again tomorrow night. Any early team thoughts, Carolyn? You know, what I will say is I'm going to, uh, you just talk about Ben Davis here, what, I, um, what I'll say is uh, I just hope Sands doesn't start, I'm not impressed with him at all, sitting on the left-hand side with, with centre-back with Golston. I just think he's just a wee bit of liability, I don't know if he's just no gelling right, I don't know if his head's down, but uh, the performance I've seen in my last couple of games, no, I'd put Ben Davis in any day. Everyone is available, but Ben Davis didn't train today, I noticed that. Um... But like I said, the manager said everyone is available. That's not an issue. He'll be available. Ryan Kent was back after being rested at the weekend. Yeah, Fredo Morelos was there. Yeah, I think Ryan Kent, the return of Ryan Kent is, is, is really, really positive. I think you look at the Rangers team, I think the big question mark is that sort of second centre-half at the moment. I think already there's been a different centre-half every single game. Uh, you know, John Shooter's been there who um, struggled, uh, picked up a knock after the game at Livingston. Ben Davies has played and Sands has played and... I think Philip Palander's just returned from injury, is that correct? Um, so I think that is a, a position where going into the game tomorrow, I'm not sure who he's going to go for. Who plays next to Lundstrom? I think it will be Ryan Jack. I think Glenn Kamara quite often has got the nod in these European fixtures, but I think that he never, he's not been, he wasn't at his best um, the last game, but I thought Ryan Jack was really good on Saturday. I, am, am I wrong in saying that Stephen Davis has picked up a knock? Is that. I think I saw him train today. Oh, he trained? Yeah, I think mm, so. Well, uh, Probably 50 I'm pretty sure the manager said everyone was, was available It's going to be an interesting build up I'm sure we'll debate that more on tomorrow night's show as well Carolyn, thank you very much That was Carolyn in Mary Hill 01419511025 The quickest first hour I can remember It takes us up already to time for this Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football should we make Leon Smith play beat the pundit? No, I've got Don't an idea. Don't be so ridiculous. I have got an idea. Normally, if the callers come on on a Monday night and they beat me or they beat Andy Halliday, they get a signed ball. How's about, how's about, if they beat Leon Smith, they get a signed ball. Do you do tickets for the Davis Cup? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of tickets for the Davis Cup oh, as well. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, we've, got, we've got Andy in... London phoning to take part I would like that imagine one of them phoned in to embarrass him and his football knowledge no, I mean this would be carnage will he be I mean, in London knows where is, like where in is the he based sport. is he London yeah he's based? London yeah I'm glad I got that reference it's alright right. he's in the States just now he's about to play against Dan Vavrinka very shortly nah so nah nice nah, he'll, he'll put that to one side for us anyway 01419511025 lines close at 7 so be quick and you could be playing Beat the Pundit next Tackle the Headlines one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here. It's 01419511025 Our special guest Leon Smith, Great Britain's Davis Cup captain, is still here. We've not scared him away. He loves the show that much. I think he's going to stay to the end. I almost did a runner there when you suggested I do the beat the pundit that Roger suggested. Well, but we're going to come up with a different well, we'll solution. See. I think we'll see. Andy Murray's still not called in yet. I'm a little bit disappointed. No offence, Leon. Yeah. But I, was kind I of think he's that's... lucky the fact that there's no three-headed coin. So uh, I was kind of hoping that's the direction this would head in. But we'll see. Anyway, it is that time of the night. Rangers fans were building up to tomorrow night's game. What are your thoughts? Home advantage first rather than second. Team thoughts, optimism, nerves, whatever it is. Share it. Celtic fans looking back on. Yesterday, an eye-catching performance Must be some Motherwell fans out there Come on, Stevie Hamill, club legend Doing that on his first official game 
in charge Whatever is on your mind Now's the time to share it We'll do this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Right, come on then Let's do it We've got Stephen and Pollock on the line How's it going Stephen? Uh, how you doing Gordon? Now Stephen, I always admire the bravery of people who phone in on a Monday Roger Hanna's so good he starts on minus one Andy Halliday's so good he's lost once in his entire super scoreboard career but the oh. big boys need to be toppled at some point don't they? Aye, bring it on Bring it on I like your style Stephen <laughs> Have we, what, Are we up to two? Did we get a second victory for the listeners this season last week? I think did we? I can't remember Yeah I think we did I think we got a tiebreaker yeah we did So we're, we're, we're finally motoring along We did also have our first zero From the listeners last week though I should say No pressure Stephen Don't do that to me will you? Ah, hopefully not Good I'm going to put it out there Easy questions tonight oh. Producer Callum Spent the last couple of days in Amsterdam <clears throat> Then he saw his team lose again at the weekend I think he's just Fed up uh, Just Yeah with everything I think he's t- taking his eye off the ball These are easy So speed is going to be key Heads it will be Roger Tails It's Andy And it is Andy Halliday Up against Stephen from Pollock So what we do in this instance Stephen Get the tunes on As we get the tunes on for Andy Give him something else to listen to And that way he can't hear What is going on in here So Stephen Pretty straightforward Just in the 30 seconds Answer as many as you can And you're welcome to pass If you do not know the answer Okay Right, okay, no worries. Right, top man, 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Who scored Celtic's opener at Rugby Park yesterday? Uh, Kyogo. What team did Rangers face in the 2008 UEFA Cup final? Zenith uh, Petersburg. Name the only Scotsman who started for Brentford against Man U at the weekend? Hickey. Uh, um, How many Scottish clubs has Kyle Lafferty played for? Uh, three. Who captained St Mirren to their 2013 League Cup victory? I'm good Name any current Scottish Premiership manager who never played professionally for a Scottish club. Pass. Who's won Hearts Player of the Year for the last two seasons? Big Gordon. Okay, okay, okay. Andy Halliday, yes. can you hear us? Yes. You're going to need to be good. You're going to no, need to be well, fast. Say that every no, week. no, no, no. I mean it. Sometimes I say it for dramatic effect. Sometimes I mean it. Tonight is one of those nights. Ready? Yep, let's go. Okay, same questions to you. 30 seconds on the clock. And your time starts now Who scored Celtic's opener at Rugby Park Kyogo. yesterday? Which team did Rangers face in the 2008 UEFA Cup final? Zenit Name the only Scotsman who started for Brentford when they beat Man U on Saturday How many Scottish clubs has Kyle Lafferty played for? Three Who captained St Mirren to their 2013 League Cup victory? John McGinn Name any current Scottish Premiership manager who's never played professionally for a Scottish club Who won Hearts Player of the Year for the last two seasons? St Gordon And who is currently the manager of Wraith Rovers? John McGlynn Since the Scottish Premiership era started Name the only player to win back-to-back golden boots Quickly um, Quick Quick Time up Chris Boyd Stephen oh, I said Chris Boyd How do you think that went? Oh, I think he's done as we want What a game it was John because McGlynn's you a were, terrible you were, shout You were both brilliant And then I noticed you know One got one question right And Anyway don't let me spoil it What a match that was Game of the se- Listen you two Sorry. Just stop whispering At Apologies. the back of the class there Will you <laughs> Turn these mics off Very rude Anyway Leon How was that to watch In full flow Well The first thing I confirm Is that it's definitely music on You cannot hear oh, always so you were wa- listening with Andy no, but Yeah I ah, always I wonder Is it actually Drowned out And yeah. it is Oh officially. we're an honest bunch We're an honest bunch Let's find out What a game it was Game of the season so far Celtics opener Kyogo One each Rangers against Zenit 2008, two each. Aaron Hickey, more about him in a minute, three each. Kyle Lafferty played for Rangers, Hearts and Co. Marnock, 
Four each Who captained St Mirren To their 2013 League Cup final victory Jim Goodwin Not John McGinn Stephen and Pollock got it He was 4-3 in front Name any current Scottish Premiership manager Who's never played professionally For a Scottish club Ange Postacoglu or David Martindale Stephen Robinson oh. Yeah well I get um, yeah, well, I guess he would need to be in there as well. Yeah. I don't know why I've only got two in my sheet. Equaliser, Andy Halliday. Stephen never got it. Oh, Stephen. You'll be kicking yourself, Stephen. No, I will. Equaliser. Well, Murray Rovers is definitely wrong. Uh, yes, who's the, and that's the thing, right? This is where Hearts Player of the Year was Craig Gordon. You both got it, so we're level. And I thought it's you advantage Halliday. Yeah. Like that. See what I did there, Leon? Yeah, we tennis pun. Well, well done. Because Stephen ran out of time. Who is the manager of Wraith Rovers? John Murray, McLean, yeah, Ian Murray. And you even got another question. Since the Premiership era started, who's the only player to win back to back Golden point? Boots? I would, I would have said Chris. It's Odson Edwards. Is it really? really? Oh. Ooh, Which wow. means I mean, I got that. we're going to the tiebreaker. What's the score? Six all. I don't know if we've ever had a six all. Nah, good game, Steve. I like it's it. It's Motherwell against oh. Hibs from all those years ago. Uh, right, your only defeat on this show came in a tiebreaker. Sorry to point that. Let's go. Um, I'm not get great records for tiebreakers. You don't. Right, so I'll read the question. I oh, can't wait to see you try and tackle another this. tennis pun. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Uh, we're going to the tiebreaker. That's quite good. Going to tiebreaker at six all. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Oh, oh, this, oh, this, is, this is dream stuff. Perfect. Honestly, fair play. It's great game. Producer Enjoy Chris it. is bringing the juice in for you because you're a bit thirsty. No, is that ten? I'll move on. Forget that. I'll get my jacket. Uh, right. Here's the question. Oh wow! Can't wait to see oh, you tackle this. You're looking at me because you know it's one of my weaknesses. Oh, no, this is Andy's weakness. This, oh, and I'm going to require you to be quick, both of you, right? Because I don't want any cheating. How many minutes? Oh wow! Did Callum McGregor play in the Scottish top flight last season? That's Go, ridiculous. just write it down and stop your morning. Quick, how many minutes did Callum McGregor play in the Scottish top flight last season? Show me your bit of paper, please, Andy Halliday. Not a clue. Just show me the paper. I showed you. Right, okay. Stephen, what are you going for? 2000. No, I've won that, surely. I'm so glad that these are numbers I can handle. I was panicking, thinking I was going to need to go to the calculator here. Stephen's gone 2000. Andy's gone 4000. And Andy thinks he's won, but the answer is 2406. Wow. Well done, Stephen and Pollock. Oh, yes, look, at, look, at, look at Leon's. Oh, lucky Andy, well done, Stephen. Leon, what did you write down? 2,750. Wow. Stephen, that's only the second time in history that Andy Halliday has lost at Beat the Pundit. Well done to you. I thought I should be back on it one again as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting well done, Brilliant, Stephen. Well, well done. done. The sign ball's on its way. No worries, cheers, thanks very much. Brilliant, there we are. That, that Ian Murray old, that That's will haunt me the night. John McGinn and John McGlynn have done you in. Uh, jo- John McGinn, I, I actually did think was the captain, but Ian Murray's, that will haunt me, for sure. Honestly. But it was a good game, fair play, six, six holes, not a bad score at all. Yeah, you don't mind that, and don't mind that at all. 0141 951 1025. Uh, PSV have been doing their press conference this evening, so I'll bring you the very latest from that. It will be hot off the press, so to speak. Don't know if that is the right the right phrase when you're going to hear it rather than read it, but you, you catch my drift. We'll hopefully bring you anything that was interesting from that uh, very soon indeed. More talking points from the weekend. There are loads of them, so come on, get your thoughts in. Mullerwell fans, St Mirren fans, Harps, Hibs, whoever is out there, pick up that phone and let us know what's on your mind. We do have Leon Smith with us as well to talk all things football and Davis Cup. Let's go to James, who's a Celtic fan on the line. Uh, what's your point tonight, James? Good evening, lads. Um, I like to talk about Celtic's back line. 
the back four. Mm-hmm. As you know, we're coming out of the Champions League, and this is where I feel we might fall down. Do you think we still felt Gutter Vickers and the new signing all play together at the back at one time? I think they could. It was hopefully strengthened the back four, but we need to grab somebody in order for them for them to play. I've got a point about David Turnbull. It would be very un Ange Postacoglu like, wouldn't it, Roger? Yeah, it would. And Ange has set out his Celtic team the same way at the start of every single game that he's taken charge. I saw a statistic last week that surprised me. I think Kyogo and Giacomakis have only played together for about 113 minutes in a year. Gonna put be- that as a tiebreaker tomorrow, by the way. Because <laughs> it's, you know, 4 3 3. And I know Celtic fans, they're still smarting a little bit from that Barcelona and PSG that we spoke about earlier in the show under Brendan Rodgers. Um, I'm not going to say Angie's team are going to do better than that. But what I would say is, I think despite the fact it's a very similar formation, I think they play a different way. I think they play a stronger press. I think they play a more compact unit. And the way Ange puts the team out, I think is less likely to suffer defeats like that against European sides. Um, they'll run faster. They'll run. Did concede a few the last season, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. In but, Europe, but again, you know, you look at last season, you look at this season. I think one of the corners said earlier on they're a year into the, re- the revolution mm-hmm. now, and I, I think the way they've started this season. They look better than they looked last season. Celtic likely to go three at the back at any point, Andy? No, I can't see it. Um, no, I actually speculated that going into Europe last year and Ange Postecoglou quickly shut that down because, yeah, continued the same way, same brand of football, same style. Uh, but I think I think a big thing, um, I think that early Ange Postecoglou era, Celtic seemed as if they had a weakness for set pieces. That, that was the way it looked for, for, for me from the outside. In Europe, they conceded a few goals for set pieces. I think they've been a lot stronger with that the last six months of last season. Even look at this season, the first three games they scored a goal from a set piece in every single game. So I do think that through time and, and getting used to Ange Postecoglou's system, I think mm. they're certainly better coped defensively than they were when they played in Europe last year. What do you think, James? I don't think the guys are suggesting it's a bad idea. It's just more that Ange Postecoglou seems very set in his ways. Does that does it seem likely that he would change? Well, I would like to think so. I know I'm enjoying watching Celtic attacking, but this time. Look, I'm not against the best in Europe, the team of the crop, and I don't want us to get mauled. I just think it might surprise people and go a wee bit more defensive. I know play this attacking game as you get Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, they'll rip us apart. So the mayor you've got good quality players in the back three, along with two, the right back, Jaranovic, Taylor left back. It makes us look a wee bit more stronger where hopefully we'll not concede more goals, guys. If we play the way Ange wants to play, I'm hoping that Disney happened, but we could end up with some thumpings. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. He actually got asked this in a Every in an interview last, last year. Um, would you change? Would you adapt your style? And his simple answer was, I don't know how to coach that. That's not my style of coaching. So you won't see me sort of sway across my ideas. Listen, I don't think they're going to be as expansive as, as they are going to Rugby Park if they do come against a Barcelona. But I don't see them going to an ultra defensive low block. I just don't think it's his and style. It, it equally as well, if you play three at the back, it inevitably pushes your fullbacks into the wider areas. If you look at the Celtic fullbacks, the way Ange plays, he brings them infield. He brings them in to try and you know make the team more compact, try and get in closer to Callum McGregor in the pivot role. Changing to a three at the back is just sort of against everything that, that he's done so far. But it, 
they'll be competitive. I'm not saying Celtic are going to do this or going to do that in Europe. They will be competitive because they work very, very hard. I saw some of the, the most alarming stats I saw of the weekend, or the most interesting stat I saw at the weekend, were how far the players had run players of Brentford and Manchester United and I think yeah, per yeah. person at the weekend the Brentford players ran one and a half kilometres more mm. than each Manchester yeah, United player in the game if you less. do that you're going to be competitive did you see Eric Ten, uh, Ten Hag's response to that that Man U ran 13.8 kilometres the next day in training because that was the difference between them and Brentford the day before not there bad See, on one hand I'm torn because it does make for a good discussion but Roger Hannes just described that as the most interesting thing he saw all weekend which I don't know, maybe says more about Roger Hannah's weekends <laughs> than anyone else. But listen, not not for me to judge. You know, if your old pal DL was here, wow, he would have great fun with that statement. D- DL actually ran thirteen point eight kilometres no, in, his, in career, his career. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, and in fact, he did a fair bit of running in here on Saturday. Oh. The quickest I've seen him move. I heard he was unwell. Yeah, yeah he, had an, he had an upset stomach. Um, so oh, he, oh, he was in and out of this studio often. I thought he was doing the bleep test in and out oh, that door. Dear. Yeah, he survived. Oh, well done to him. He was taking some sort of rehydration sachet over in the corner. Oh, oh that, a, that, bit of a change from the pie and I, I think they're in the next shelf to you. Let's move on, James. Day, oh, I think. James, I know you had another point to make, so don't let our nonsense stop you. <laughs> uh, I don't like bringing up the story about David Turnbull, but I've got. I thought yesterday again, he let his doing. His passing was horrendous. His shooting was worse. I criticised him last year in Europe where he gave away two goals where he'd missed the player. He'd missed the player for uh, Kermart. He's shooting in man of the games in Europe and 120 minutes he'd one shot. He doesn't appear up. I asked myself, lads, when has David Turnbull ever had a good review against Rangers? He's never. He go, I don't know where the boy goes missing or he hides or the game's too much for him. I think he's overrated and if it wasn't for the Japanese boy being injured David Turnbull wouldn't have started on Sunday I don't know what's happened to the boy when he gets the ball he goes forward then he stops and he goes to the side and then he stops and hits it back the way three times yesterday I watched him in the middle of the park need to run him instead of going forward try to get a pass what does he do? he hits it back the way what has happened to David Turnbull? this is supposed to be the season for him I don't see it guys I don't think he's good enough To get a jersey Andy Well the reason I love that question James Is because you've mentioned it In front of the guy That created the David Tumble fan club Roger Hanna And it's not Roger Hanna That's for sure It's Gordon Duncan (laughs) So Listen I'm sure he doesn't agree with you But to be honest I don't agree with you I I think to say he's overrated Is a bit harsh I actually think his first full season At Celtic I thought he was Celtic's best player Uh, In the season that was played Behind closed doors I thought last year His contribution Any time he played Was was good Uh, Listen, he didn't have the best of games at the weekend, but I think he's he's his output uh, anytime he's pulled on a Celtic jersey has been has been good. People always talk about numbers, don't they, Roger Hanna? His numbers tend to be good. Well, listen, we're going back to what we said earlier on. Ange doesn't like the chat of first choice. And to, to an extent, James is right. The first choice midfield is McGregor, Hatati and O'Reilly. Hatati's injured, so Turnbull comes into the team. I think where David Turnbull is slightly unfortunate. It's where Greg, T- Greg Taylor has been unfortunate in the past. He's not fashionable. He's Scottish. He was signed from a Scottish... I nearly said a wee Scottish club. Just <coughs> to annoy you. That's plenty. He, he was signed from another Scottish club. And he's a good player. He's a Scotland international. When Hitati's out, he gets picked by Ange Postacoglu. And sometimes I just think the Celtic support... You know, if he was, um, if he'd been signed from Bologna or Nice or Real Vallecano, he might get more of a, wow. a decent press. What a niche... 
list that was uh, Leon Bell the Celtic fan in here as well adding an extra uh, opinion what's your take on James's criticism yeah he might not have had a good game at the weekend but you know he he was one of the most sought after Scottish players uh, for a number of years and you know Celtic went far to go and get him um, and, he, and he's still a longer term prospect for the team and he was bought in for someone for the future um, I guess his challenge is going to be like a lot of players is getting game time when Hattati comes back Hattati's going to come straight back in and Turnbull's going to have to find a way to try and get minutes in the park and they are still ahead of Aaron Moy James McCarthy Yusuke Iraguchi you know he's, he's on the cusp mm. of being a first team regular thank you James so one four one nine five one one zero two five. we are going to go live I think that would be the hope uh, to Andrew McLean who's been at the PSV Eindhoven press conference we'll hear from him He'll let us know what Rud van Nistelrooy had to say. Have we ever heard from Rud van Nistelrooy on Super Scoreboard? I'm not sure. We're about to, and we'll take more of your calls next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday's here. Roger Hanna as well. Our special guest, Leon Smith, Britain's Davis Cup captain, still with us in the studio as well. And all waiting for you to pick up that phone. It's 0141-951-1025. I'm hoping we're going to speak to Andrew McLean who is a reporter he's been at the PSV Eindhoven press conference ahead of that game tomorrow night so we're looking forward to that let me set up tonight's full time teaser um, and see how we get on with that just a reminder it's full time at Clyde1.com to send it in full time at Clyde1.com if you want to send a question in now this one's been sent in by Stephen Makara and Stephen I'll peel back the curtain a little bit this question nearly got blown apart during the break. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna started talking about essentially your question and it made me very nervous because I thought this whole next section of the show is not going to work. Stephen's question tonight, since 99-2000, Rangers have had 11 different scorers against Dutch opposition. Can you name those scorers? You two are going to demolish this question. Yeah. Since 99-2000, Rangers have had 11 different scorers against Dutch opposition. Can you name them? Give me one each to kick us off. Amoruso. Against PSV in yep. 99. Oh. Say that again with your mic on this time. Michael Moles. Michael Moles. One more then, Andy. Uh, Albert's in the return leg. Yes, PSV. That's too easy for these guys. They're anoraks. They're absolute anoraks. Anyway, full time at Clyde1.com. If you want to send your questions in, we'd love to have them. Whatever the topic, if you've got a, a theme or whatever, please send them in. Uh, and we'll try our best to get them on the show. Let's speak to our reporter, Andrew McLean, who's just been at the PSV Eindhoven press conference. How's it going, Andrew? Yeah, all good, all good. Just out of the uh, press conference here with Ruth Van Nistelrooy and Luke de Jong as well, the PSV striker. And, you know, it's always interesting when Celtic and Rangers are in these big European games and coming up against big teams. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's massive names in terms of teams. Sometimes it's big players, you see. And this time... It's a big name in terms of the manager as well, Rud van Nistelrooy. I don't need to tell everyone what Rud van Nistelrooy has done in his career. Countless goals for Manchester United, Real Madrid, the Netherlands as well. You look at um, you know, his goal-scoring record, his trophies. He's a, a big, big name and he's here to, uh, to take his PSV side to Ibrox. Asked plenty of questions, both in Dutch and in English, ahead of this one. He was asked about the atmosphere that He's going to experience tomorrow at Ibrox. And he says he's told his players all about that atmosphere because he's played at Ibrox himself. But he also says he's aware of the quality in the Rangers' side as well. 
Of course, I, I, I share my experiences of, of how the atmosphere will be, because as I said it many times before, it's a special, it's a special fan base here, and they support, they support their team in, uh, in an unbelievable way, as, as our own fans do, because you saw our fans as well, they lifted us, they carried us through the extra time, and, and that, that really gave us wings, you know, because we had a, we had a hard time at home, and, and we had to equalize in the last minute to, to get uh, into extra time, and, and, and then win it, and that was that was that that was that support. So we know what what it's like to be supported in this way, and and that's why we also can relate to the support here and what it does to a team. So in that sense, we we, we are prepared. But above all that, I, I see a squad of fantastic players for Rangers. I see young lads and an experienced uh, players playing very well together in a very. Uh, recognizable style under Geo and, and, and the team is developing you know, from a Europa League final very close to winning it it's, it's of course an, an amazing achievement and they're building on that Any Champions League playoff involving a Scottish team is a great occasion Andrew McLean it speaks for itself because of the incentive but when you add in like you said it's PSV it's Ruud van Nistelrooy they would speak for themselves but of course former teammate of the Rangers manager there's just so much surrounding this fixture that, that is going to make for a good occasion. Yeah, I think I'm trying to rack my brain. You'll rarely see a fixture that you'll have two players or two managers, sorry, with such international pedigree when it comes to their playing career. You've got Ruud van Nistelrooy, who 70 caps for the Netherlands, scored 35 goals. Giovanni van Bronckhorst was a mainstay in the Netherlands side for years and years as a legend of their national team as well. The two of them not only have played together for a long, long time, I think they even roomed together at times. So it's always interesting to hear what these big names have to say ahead of a game like this. Ruud van Nistelrooy was, of course, asked about Giovanni van Bronckhorst. He says they're great friends, but he said that's all going to be parked for the next week or so. No, we, we can meet at other times for dinner and, and hang out. And, and tomorrow we both are defending the, our own badges, and, and that's the way it is. You know, when you face a friend uh, as, as a team, as a player, then you know you only want one thing, is your team to win. That will be tomorrow as well, uh, the case. Squad-wise, are they fully fit, Andrew? Was there any discussion about who's available and who's not? Yeah, it looks as if they've got a fully fit squad. The There was question marks, certainly, in the lead-up to this game about Cody Gakpo, who is one of their star players, a young talent who can play across the front three. He's been linked with Manchester United, a £35 million fee for him. They certainly need some uh, players up top Manchester United at the moment but he is fit he's available he's going to play in this game Ruud van Nistelrooy saying that that's the only thing they're focusing on at the moment no transfer talk or anything so Cody Gakpo is fit but they've got plenty of talent in that squad PSV at the moment young Javi Simmons who has signed from PSG this summer who is one of the sort of best young players coming through in world football at the moment. I think he scored a couple of goals at the weekend. Joey Veerman is a Dutch midfielder who's been linked with Rangers previously as well. So there's a lot of talent in that PSV side and they're all fit and ready to go for tomorrow night. Yeah, look, Roger, it's, as I said, Champions League playoff speaks for itself, but it's just got all the ingredients, so many different factors there and Andrew McLean's touched on a few of them. Yeah, and the most interesting one is the two managers, the dynamic of the two of them, Van Bronckhorst, Van Nistelrooy, Played against each other in the Champions League at Ibrox in 99. Van Nistelrooy scored, but Van Bronckhorst won. Dutch international teammates, I think they've played against each other in England. They've played each against each other in Spain. They've got 45 times or something together for the Netherlands. That's a really interesting dynamic. Joey Veerman, 
once interested Rangers. Javi Simmons, once interested Rangers. There's not going to be much between these teams, Gordon. And there's a £40 million prize at stake. Someone's going to be disappointed and it would be great for Scottish football if it was PSV and they were disappointed. Yeah, and Andrew quite rightly pointed out the key men. I think Cody Gakpo, obviously, he's, he's been all over the headlines over the last couple of weeks where he's linked to, to Manchester United and looked to young, number of caps for Holland, played for them in the in the Euros last summer. But I think it's they too that Rangers fans will be, be dreading seeing Xavi, uh, Xavi Siemens, obviously a, a Giovanni Van Bronckhorst target in the summer. And obviously Steven Gerrard, which was very, very high on his, his priority list, was Joey Veerman. Two of them absolutely flying for PSV, so I think Rangers know they're, they're up against a dangerous outfit. Do you think he's held off signing for Man United because he was scared of coming up against the rough and ready Aaron Hickey at the weekend? <laughs> Did you see that? How good was that? Absolutely terrific. I mean, we know Aaron Hickey's a good player, obviously. I, I, I didn't expect that, that summed, bodying of Cristiano Ronaldo. That, that summed up the game in a split-second moment. Aaron Hickey and Brentford knocking Cristiano Ronaldo of Manchester United onto his fancy away strip. Um, United were hopeless, Brentford were brilliant, and if I was Cody Gagpo, I'd get nowhere near the place. Listen, Brentford were terrific, and I, I, I certainly include Darren Hickey in that, because mm, the 75 it? minutes he was on the pitch, he was, he was superb. Mm. Uh, do you know what, Leon, I was just thinking, just hearing from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, Rude Van Nistelrooy, uh, even when we've been hearing from Ange Postacoglu earlier on, Despite the obvious differences of it being team sport versus individual sport, I just wonder if in your role, if you do you do sort of do you get cross sport inspiration from like leadership styles or, or management styles, coaching styles, that sort of thing? Is that something you ever pay much attention to? Yeah, they have done. Uh, you have like a, a coach's performance institute that a lot of the ho- head coaches are on, and you you jump on conference calls. It can be not just UK based but globally based a lot of the American sports are into that and you, you dial in and you, you, you listen to how they're maybe doing like team selections or creating team culture or any new technology they're using like wearable technology to measure uh, training outputs etc um, I mean I've had dinners with um, Eddie Jones Gregor Townsend I've invited to you know one of his training camps um, up where, where Andy trains uh, in Edinburgh um, and it's all interesting because you're always picking up something. It, you know, it could be some of the smallest things of you know what are the most difficult things as a as a selector. You know, we talk about is how you actually then deliver the news. You know, difficult conversations. You're mm. talking about the team selections in football. You know, I love that when it comes to Davis Cup. You know, I've only got two guys that can go out to play singles, and I've got to tell one of Andy Murray, Cam Norrie, or Dan Evans, or potentially Jack Draper. You know, it's only two of you can play, and and. Something, and you'll be used to getting those sort of conversations either for you or against you. And it, as as the the head coach, that's probably the one of the things that keeps you up. How are you going to? Mm. I don't know if it's. I didn't mean to say you get more oh, no, that seen, way. I've seen, seen Roger oh, give me the eye. It's probably went against me for the last few weeks. That's why I said for or against. I lent a little bit more in the against. <laughs> yeah, I, like there, that, I, I went there. Um, yeah, and is that? Yeah, do you? If other characters in football that you think you know, I like that management style. Even if it's not, I, I get that it's it's a bit, it's, it can be a difficult comparison. But the psychology of it must be overlapping at times. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, that's that's a big part of it. I mean, any players, it doesn't matter what sport, will tell you, you've got to feel good about it. And you know, all the stuff they do during the week, you've got to enjoy it. I mean, I'm always interested. I'm sure Andy. You know, during the week you're going to have a lot of fun training yes it's hard work but it's, it's the fun element you know, you're around your teammates, you're doing drills you might be doing practice matches etc you've got to do your fitness, you've got to build all that and then it comes to the weekend or the midweek fixture 
and it's a different type it's not fun mm. it's it's a responsibility that you enjoy like that's the bit yeah. and that that's the whole job of the head coaches and the coaching teams to make sure you've got that balance of keeping it really really lively fun inspiring during the week to then right do you understand the responsibility that's going to happen now when you step out if we're talking about you know similarities maybe international management would, would be a one where Andy Murray, Jamie Murray, whoever it be, it goes and, and, and does their thing for, for various parts of the year and then comes under your uh, leadership, if you like, at Davis Cup. What, again, I know individual sport, but what, let's take Andy Murray, for instance, because we're talking about one of the greatest sportsmen across any sport for the last, whatever, 15, 20 years. What's that relationship like? What's he like? Yeah, I mean, look, he's... Uh... He's brilliant to work with. Um, I mean, I was fortunate that I coached him through all his teenage years, so we've got quite a long-standing relationship. Um, and his demands are extremely high, and that's why it's great having in around. I think he he is a leader himself. Uh, he took a lot of the guys under his wing, um, gave them time with him, took him on a lot of the preseason trains. They did, took the younger guys away with him, so he could actually get them to feel what it's like and see what it's like to train. But when you take someone from an individual sport or someone that's not your coaching every single week, your job is to make sure that you know how they learn, how they like taking information. And one of the big things you got with tennis players is so much... Um, tennis is actually a little bit slow to the party getting things like Hawkeye and live data and analytics, and now it's really there. And it's a huge, there's a raft of information. And some players, like Andy, want a raft of information. I mean, you need to be really ready for him in terms of the scouting of the opponent, not just his own numbers, but also the opponent's. Mm. And then some some players don't like that level of information. So someone, even mind me saying, it's not like Dan Evans doesn't like that. He wants to play... Uh, more instinctively, more creatively. So you've got to pick your moments of when to put something right. in. And that, unless you spend time with them, I'm always interested to see the, the national like head coaches in football because my job is to go around enough of the time. You know, it's not just to jet set and you know head off to nice tournaments, but you've got to spend time on the practice court, talking to their coaches, understanding exactly what even things like the language you use, the vocabulary, or the t- the terms that you can mm. chuck out. If you get that wrong. You know, sitting in an end change with with an Andy or a Cam Norrie that can throw them. So I've got to know what what they respond to exactly. Do you think football can can learn a bit more in terms of using that cross sport knowledge? For instance, Andy's got a mentoring program, doesn't he? A couple of the young Hibs players are, are yeah. part of that, and people might think, how can playing at Wimbledon compare to being a centre back at Easter Road or whatever? But there must be, you know, can football do that a bit more? Yeah, I think all sports can. I mean, I think all sports can be a little bit insular in their approach and think, no, 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 you've got to know about the sport. And I've got to be honest, I was a bit like that in, in my own sport. And then we had uh, a run of three performance directors that came in. One was um, we used to run British Cycling. The others was performance director at UK Sport. In fact, our, our newest one, Michael Bourne, came from that as well. Completely different backgrounds and didn't know about tennis. But he didn't need to. And that's the thing when I spend time with... Uh, I said before, like a Gregor Townsend or whatever, you, you're picking up things that you don't necessarily see because you're so fixated in, in your sport and you think, no, you need to bring people in it. I think it's been tried a bit in football and I think it'd probably be the, the sport that's the toughest one to crack, yeah. to open up the minds set, of... Setting our ways, very setting the ways. But I think, I think it's something you can look at. It doesn't have to be, maybe it's not going to be the direct football coaching, but of course not, but it could be across the other science and medicine areas uh, academy structures that 
type of thing could be an, an area to look at uh, Right, let's see how we're getting on with this teaser Since 99-2000, Rangers have had 11 different scorers against Dutch opposition Can you name them? Amoruso, Moles and Albert so far? Shea Ojo oh, see, see if you've gone in for that one early That makes me worried Because you've just deliberately gone for the most difficult one Shea Ojo, Feyenoord at home in 2019 I'll go for the return leg of that one and Alfredo Morelos double. Uh-huh. Roger? Well, we'll finish off Rangers 4, PSV 1, 1999. Neil McCann? Yes. A couple of show-offs. It's making me sick. Well, I will just continue with Neil McCann. Just answer the question. Neil McCann scored in another game against Feyenoord and the scorer that night was Barry Ferguson. Well done. We'll get the rest of the answers, obviously. Uh, and we'll look back at some of the weekend's other talking points. Pataudry, anyone? We could do that next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna, Andy Halliday are here. Our special guest Leon Smith still with us as well. A couple of things to get through. Going to speak to Blair on the line. We'll round off the answers to this teaser. I also need to run this past you quickly. Clyde One Super Scoreboard's Team of the Week with Clyde Build Home Improvements. I love this. It's Marvin Bartley's turn to pick his Team of the Week. Go to at Clyde SSB right now to see his team, argue about it in the comments. He also had a very interesting strategy. He picked no Livingston players because he didn't want to start fight amongst the teammates. See that, Leon? Good management, trying to keep the harmony in the camp. Um, he had a great victory at the weekend. Anything? Controversies Well I'll let, I'll let the, the listeners decide Go to at Clyde SSB I think no Malik Tillman in it Caused a bit of a stir Yeah uh, yeah. But anyway It's brand new to Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard This season Team of the Week It's thanks to Clyde Belt Home Improvements We're giving you the chance To win a current or retro football kit Of your choice So go to Clyde1.com To enter Right on this teaser Can you name Where were we Was it the last 11 Yes Since 99-2000 Rangers have had 11 different scorers Against Dutch opposition You've got Amoruso Moles McCann Alberts Ferguson Shea Ojo And Alfredo Morelos One more each James Tavernier James Tavernier Against Against Willem Twey Willem Twey in 2020 Andy He's went for the one That's my most confident Over the Willem Twey game But I am 90% sure Conor Golson scored that game You should be 100% sure Connor Goldson So you've got two left But the pressure now Is to get them Without getting any wrong I know uh, There's definitely I'm confident In another one But two I'm not sure We'll see Let's bring in Blair Who's a Motherwell fan Did you see that coming At the weekend Blair? Well Well I phoned you last week And obviously we discussed About um, Obviously we didn't have The manager in place going Because you did put me On the spot about Stevie Hamill Like Would he be a good choice And I did say I'll take him but even I said to like you guys on the panel last week, I said I didn't see where, where it was coming from, to be honest, because no, the football wasn't good, the performances were terrible. Um, to be honest, I think if anyone told you like Mull would win, I think I would probably have to sit, send them to the winning bin because I think no one expected the, the way we actually played that game. I mean, I think we could have easily won by at least a few more goals with the performance and it just took me way right back. But, Obviously, I'm not getting carried away because it's like one game, uh, he's, he's been in charge. And we've got a tough game in Saturday against Livingston, like you just said there. So, every game's a tough game. So, I think it's just to keep the momentum mm. going. And obviously, bring in, obviously, he did say in the interview before the game, he was planning to bring a few players in, which is encouraging to the fans to maybe freshen up the squad, which it does need in some positions because like, we've lost like, Carroll for injury and a few spaces may be missing. I think we could maybe do this to kind of 
keep the squad kind of like compete, competing for places and kind of keep the morale kind of going like really high right, right now. So things Rog- are. Yeah, Roger Hannah, you were there, so you are certainly best placed to respond to Blair. Yeah, well, listen, to my left here tonight, Blair, I've got a footballer and I've got a sports coach and captain. Now, this is why sometimes I'm reticent to criticise footballers on the show because you never take, can tell what advice and tactics footballers have had from their manager before the game because you look at that Motherwell midfield on Saturday where Spittle goes forward and scores a goal. Callum Slattery goes forward and scores a goal. Sean Goss, for me, was the best player in the park. It was very unlucky not to score a goal. And I asked Stephen Hamill about it after the game and he basically has taken the breaks off the midfield players. Graham Alexander played a certain system. He played a back forward. He got a lot of width out of the full backs. He, he played a couple of wingers out of side of Inveen a lot of the time. And the three central midfield players were... They wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were all holding midfield players, but they didn't exactly bust beyond Van Veen and get forward. Um, these guys now are being allowed to bust beyond Van Veen and get forward. And you might see that... They let more goals in. They played really well. I said at the top of the show you could have won by more, but you did concede two goals. And I think under Stevie Hamill, I think it'll be, I don't say Motherwell will be more exciting. I think they will. But I think the games will be more exciting because I think Stephen Hamill sees his midfielders, his wide guys, as guys who need to get their numbers up both in ways of assists and goals. So it really is, you know, Leon will coach some guys one way, he'll coach other guys one way. I'm sure Andy's been coached the way Graham Alexander would coach a central midfielder and the way Stevie Hamill would coach a central midfielder. But certainly it worked on Saturday. Andy, I feel like the, the, the general consensus amongst Motherwell fans certainly was, look, club legend, get behind them, great. We'll do what we can to support them, but it'll probably take a bit of time. It certainly won't start this weekend. Yeah. Tawdry away, the way we've been playing, the way they've been playing, the progress will be slow. And look, the pro- overall, the progress might still be slow. We'll we find that out in a couple of weeks. Um, but what a start. I remember actually Blair uh, calling last week and I think one of the big things he says about the appointment of Stevie Hamill was the fact that we get the fight back in the jersey. He would he would remind the players what it's like to play for Motherwell. And for me, you know, Roger was there, he talked about the quality, they could have scored more goals, but for me that's the reason they win the game because it would have been very, very easy when they went two one down to then throw in the throw in the till like they did. Not no, no, no sorry, I'll take that back. Not like they did, but after a disappointing way to lose the game against St Johnson last week to then continue that after going 2-1 down against Aberdeen but that fight in the jersey to get back on an attacking football and score two late goals and you know of course I've only seen the highlights but for me they certainly looked very very worthy of the, the victory Roger the obvious sort of criticism if that's the right word probably not the objection if anyone had an objection to the appointment it's going to be he's never managed before never never been a manager before never managed um, at that level all you can really do is just answer that in listen, time. Listen, it's like footballers. You, you give a footballer a debut and you've given them the platform and after that, to a certain extent, it's up to them to go and take that opportunity. And it's the same with managers. You know, at one stage, Alec Ferguson had never managed before. You know, Carlo Ancelotti had never managed before. Everybody needs to start somewhere. Um, and, you know, it doesn't bother me that Stephen Hamill hasn't managed before. I think he was a good fit. If you want somebody that's managed before, go get Sven Joran Eriksson. He applied for the job. Don't think he'd have been a better Motherwell manager than Stephen Hamill. So, you know, everybody needs to start somewhere. He started very well at Petodre on Saturday. You're right. Roger Hanna did just say that Stephen Hamill's the next Carlo Ancelotti. I've got that clipped up. Don't you worry. I'll remember that when it comes true. Obviously, we've got quite a while to wait. Thank you to Blair though for sharing his thoughts. So one four one nine five one 
1025 on the phones uh, Right, quickly In terms of managers who are having a good time Stevie Hamill's one of them We've spoken to Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and Postacoglu Who's not having a good time right now? Who's not having a good time? You probably do have to say Malky Mackay um, Ross County were terrific last season No points this season Big game for them at home to Kilmarnock You also have to say I think producer Callum's gone home I just chucked it you have to say Amsterdam's Jack, taking its toll You have to say Jack Ross um, I think he's had five games in charge A draw at Kilmarnock Terrific win against Alkmaar But you lose at home to Livingston You lose seven in Alkmaar You then lose one after 41 seconds On the way to a 4-1 defeat At home to St Mirren on Saturday Is going to be Not for the faint-hearted You're partly responsible yeah, I've got to agree with that. Uh, I think especially for Dundee United and Jack Ross, I think they had a lot of expectations going into the season. Uh, a manager they were very, very happy with in terms of his appointment. I think you look at the standard of players they've brought in. Obviously, Stephen Fletcher's pedigree is there for everyone to see. Jim McGrath had a fantastic couple of scenes at St Mirren before he left. Uh, again, though, I do feel as if Dundee United would be okay. I'm glad that Callum's went home so I can now mm-hmm. sort of give Dundee United that bit of... Uh, hope, but I do think they've got a very good manager there. Uh, I do see enough in that playing squad for them to be more than okay. Robbie Nielsen's in the happy camp. Well, as happy as he can ever be. Yeah, um, listen, I, again, though, and I, I know it's certainly not the way you should look as a professional football player, but just thinking of that one minute at Easter Road, if you can hold on and start from that mm. nine from nine, it's it's obviously disappointing. It's a but, bit like that John McGlynn answer on beat the pundit. Yeah, exactly. No, that's worse. Trust me. Uh, how much are you looking forward to this midweek? Though? I mean, what what an occasion for the club. Yeah, can't wait. I think you know we've. We've, we've basically known we were going to get European football for a number of months now. Uh, it was obviously confirmed in April. Uh, and then after the Scottish Cup semi-final against Hibs, you were guaranteed it to December. So we knew we had plenty of fixtures to look forward to. Uh, then comes the draw, which brings its own excitement. And then you draw against FC Zurich, which, you know, you, you know you know of them. You, you don't know too much in terms of personnel. But, I mean, you're looking, you know, to win the, the Swiss League by 16 points over the likes of Bale mm. and Young Boys that we spoke about earlier. They're clearly going to be a good side. So, I think the analysis that Leon mentioned earlier in terms of tennis, our analysis has already started on their strengths and weaknesses, and we'll try and use that to their advantage and, and hopefully get a, a positive result on no, Thursday. No, no, nice Swiss chocolates for the duty. Too boys. expensive. I've been to Switzerland before. That's, that's a different level of price than that. Listen, next week we're expecting them on this desk. Um, are you, do, do you feel like your European experience can help? I mean, you'll have Craig Gordon in there as well, yeah. of course, and you've got talented teammates for sure, but just in particular of you know your time at Rangers featured... In a lot of European games, think that will that help? Yeah, I, listen, I think you know any chance you can get to sort of lean on any experience that I, I think boys are doing, and boys have already sort of asked you a question about that. I think the big thing that sort of came up is temperature, because you know in Scotland we're certainly not blessed with twenty-eight degree weather that they are in How Switzerland have you just been now. Preparing? We went to a heat chamber today in a, a university to <laughs> do a spin bike, and I think it was thirty-two awful. degrees. It was at a certain altitude. It was not easy, but. You know, any sort of slight advantage you can get to, to sort of use that to your benefit, we'll certainly try that. What uh, what colour was Liam Boyce when he came out of the chamber? <laughs> uh, it it's a, it's a colour of red I've never seen before, yeah. actually. So, maroon? Uh, was it, By any chance? Yeah, well, it wasn't quite maroon. I think it was, we'll go for Aberdeen's kit more than, more than Hearts. <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, best of luck, um, particularly in bringing those chocolates back for Roger, Han and I. But on a serious note, hope it goes well. I think we can see that. It'd be great to have all yeah, our teams. Yeah, absolutely fabulous. Uh, Hibs fans are throwing stuff at the radio. Well, come on, we've got, got to give them a chance. Uh, I think that just about does it. Let's round off this teaser if we can. Two more of the last 11 Rangers players to score against Dutch opposition. 
You've got Tavernier, Goldson, Morelos, Ojo, Ferguson, Alberts, McCann, Moles, Amoruso. I said 90% confidence in Connor Goals, and I'm going to go 80% confidence <sighs> in dripping. the centre half partner that night, Philip Hollander. Yes, well done. <sighs> Superb. Right, I'm toiling now, Roger. I'm really toiling for the last one, actually. Come on, Roger, don't let him down. You've almost done the unthinkable. Is it the Villain 2 game? Yes. Right. I... Are you taking a stab at the dark or is that an educated guess? See, I'm going to get shouting that if I No, 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 no. Because, no, listen, mine's is an educated guess. It's certainly well, not with you, any confidence. You you do it then. Hey, don't, don't just confer then quickly. What would your guess be? Hurry up. Scott Arfield, but you, it's not would, a lot of confidence. What would your guess be? Uh, no, listen, he's, he's better placed than What would your guess be? No, no, take but that. what would your guess be? What would my so guess be? So can... No, but Roger, what he's now saying is that's wrong. So I would, no, no, I'm just curious. I think it's a double bluff. I think you're right. Well, I, I've got to be honest. It's fifty percent. So you don't even want to offer me a name. No, seriously. That, listen, Leon, Leon guess O'Kelly. another guess another random Rangers player from this era. It's a Willem Twee game. Right, so it's no Arfield then. My guess would be Borna Barisic. <laughs> don't know. Pass. Ryan Kent. Oh, oh really? Oh, I was oh, I was thinking Ryan because Ryan Kent won the penalty for James Tat and I couldn't pitch I'm him not score. interested in your justification. Thank you, Roger Nandy. A special thanks goes to Leon. It's been great fun having him. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. And just remind us how can we get along and watch the Davis Cup tickets? Yeah, go to lta.org.uk forward slash Davis Cup tickets. Prices start for the fiver for kids. It'll be a brilliant atmosphere. Looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll get down. Hopefully we'll have you back on at some point in the future. Thanks for all your calls and your tweets. What a night it's going to be tomorrow, Rangers fans. Cannot wait to speak to you. Heading to the game, getting that feeling of the big match atmosphere. Rangers against PSV Eindhoven. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff. So we'll have all the build up with Mark Wilson and Gordon Diel, and of course yourselves. And in the meantime, you can just stay right there. Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>